This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, so what are we going to do? And what else are we going to do? Yeah, glory to God. I like being around you guys. You got it. You actually get it. Praise the Lord. You know, some folk, they don't get it. That's why Jesus sent us to go into all the world and preach the gospel so that other people could get it. You know what I mean by that? You know, what you have, people need. Thanks for your enthusiasm there. What do I got? You got God. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the greater one on the inside of you. Thank God. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. Because of his indwelling presence, he offers us peace. Hallelujah. You know that we are being built together for a habitation of God through and by the Spirit of God. Amen. We've got so much to look forward to. Did you know Jesus is coming again? And he's going to, he said this, he said, I'm, I'm working right now. I got the construction crews going, man, and they're building all kind of everything just for you. And he said, if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. Hallelujah. And receive you to myself so that you can be where I am. How many of you want to go to heaven? Well, the only way that happens is through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And glory to God, he made it possible for you and I, not only to look forward to what we have in the future, but praise God to be able to live victoriously in this life. You know, when Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life more abundant or life as God knows it, he didn't, he didn't come and say, well, you know, uh, work it out the best you can. Hope it kind of, you know, turns out the way you thought it should. And, uh, you know, you're on your own. He didn't say that. He said, I came so that you could have life. I'll partner with you. Praise God. I'll put my presence in you, and I'll put you over in life. If you'll follow me, I'll tell you what, it pays to follow Jesus, doesn't it? You know, some folk, they don't get that. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier. They don't know, and that's why we're here, so they can know. You know, you, I mean, you could start a conversation about Jesus by just simply saying, you know what, you could have a whole lot better life than what you got rolling right now, you know? And they'll say, well, what are you talking about? You know, and they're all busted up and all kinds of problems, you know, and they just, uh, yeah, trouble. But thank God Jesus came so that you and I wouldn't have to have trouble. He said, let not your heart be what? Yeah, troubled. Hallelujah. So we can rejoice. That doesn't mean we don't have challenges, but we can rejoice. Glory to God. Amen. You know, I'll I'll bring this up a little bit later, but the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and later was seated at the right hand of the Father. And it says, consider him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against yourself, lest you would be weary and want to faint in your mind. Any of you ever have a chance to be weary? Huh? We're going to talk about that a little bit, praise God. We're going to get you all jacked up so you just don't have to do that anymore, amen? Amen. Weary is funky, huh? Yeah. We need to learn to rest in Him. You know, when you're tired physically, you need a nap. Okay, some of you are not much into napping, all right. Uh, You need to rest, and uh, that takes care of the weariness. Well, praise God, spiritually speaking, the same thing's true when it comes to Jesus, If we'll lean into him and rest in what he promised and said, then praise God, we don't have to be weary. Glory to God. We can be refreshed 
by the Spirit of God because of the one who is in us. Hallelujah. You know, glory to God. There's something that Angela said at the opening uh, <clears throat> to encourage you in your worship this morning. But I, I you know, I was in the room uh, there getting ready to come out, and I thought to myself, boy, that's so true. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know what she said? So would I. Well, the point that I was trying to make is, is that, <clears throat> oh, she talked about a well. That's right. She talked about this well of salvation that's on the inside of us. And if you're born of the Spirit of God, you got a well on the inside of you. But you know, in the Old Testament, the enemies of Israel would stop those wells up. They'd fill them up with sand. Some of you got your wells filled with sand. You're plugged. Huh? And you need, praise God, to dig the sand out. What I mean by that is, is that there is a wellspring of life that is on the inside of human beings that are born of the Spirit of God. And it, 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 it longs for expression to God. But, you know, we get our brain in the way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would relate it to when I first got saved and went to an Assembly of God church. You know, and all of it was new to me because I'd, I'd grown up in a mainline denominational church. And, you know, their expression of worship was so different from what I knew. So when I got in this church, it was on a Sunday night. And I was, you know, down close because I love Jesus, man. I want to I wanna get that. That doesn't mean those, those of you that are in the back don't love Jesus, okay? But I wanted to get, you know, down, you know, down where the spout, where the glory comes out, you know? And so this guy, you know, he starts singing, and sure enough, man, I mean, you know, I'm liking it because it's upbeat. I says, you know what, this actually has some life in it, you know. Well, then, you know, then they get to raising their hands. I ain't never seen that before. And I'm asking myself the question, now, wait a minute, how did I get in here? Because it was foreign to me, but it was an expression. You know, it's biblical to lift up holy hands, huh? And you know, the Bible talks about shout unto God with a voice of what? Triumph. Triumph. Huh? That's a new thought, you know? And so, you know, I'm seeing something as far as the way these people are expressing themselves that, again, is very different to me, you know? And sometimes, you know, I mean, we was always taught you're supposed to be so reverent, you know, and all these different kinds of things. And I'm all for being reverent and fearing God, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, right on the other hand, praise God, God created us to be creatures that have an expression. I mean, you know, um, it's so natural for people, you know, when you're watching a sporting game and your team wins, you know, or gets a touchdown or whatever, you go nuts. You know, people don't say, well, you're crazy. They just kind of think, well, that's what people do. Well, the same thing's true in, in, in a relationship that you have with God. I mean, you know, when you're excited about the things of God, something's going to, you know, there's going to be an expression. Huh? So you don't have to get all jacked up, you know, and knotted up, you know, because, my God, what are these people doing? Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I tell you what, people that love Jesus, they're going to they're gonna express themselves. Huh? And you should too. Because there is this well within... Well, no, that's just not... You know what, dude? You need to stop thinking so religiously and get loose. Get free. Huh? Woo! Boy, he sure has got down in the weeds now. I'm telling you, 
it would be amazing to you how excited and how thrilled and how joyed, joyed, I don't know if that's the right word or not, that you could become if you would let him out. Huh? And let all the religious junk and, you know, say, well, you know, that's, that's just not who I am, you know. And I mean, you know, I got a certain kind of temperament, you know. And after all, you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to, you know, practice self-control. You bump. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it really, more than anything else, that's just, an, you know, an excuse so that, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone to see me do something that would, you know, be undignified, you know, and somehow or another spoil my pride. Dude, your pride's already spoiled. You might as well just get with it, glory to God, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now, I'm not talking about doing things, you know, that, so that other people can see you. You see that all the time. You know, I mean, folk, you know, they're, they're doing whatever it is that they do, and it ain't glorifying nothing. Thank you, Lord. Is this good? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's like, what, what are they doing? Well, they're drawing attention to themselves. They want to be seen of men. And so, you know, like Jesus said, well, they have their reward. There it went. But, you know, there are some real true expressions of praise and worship before God that you and I, we have the privilege of being able to uh, uh, extend toward God. And like I said, there's, there's something on the inside of you that God wants you to let out. Hallelujah. Say, well, I'm not real sure I, you know, how comfortable I am with that. Well, do it by, with, you know, alone. Hallelujah. Put on some good music. You know, I was thinking about this on the way to work because I was, or way to work. Yeah, church. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about this on the way to church. And I was listening to Darlene Check in one of her uh, albums that she uh, recorded. And my granddaughter is a huge advocate of God is fighting for us. She said, Papa, put God is fighting for us on, you know. And she likes my truck because it's got a pretty good sound system. She gets in the back seat, man. She gets with the program. Yeah. But I was just thinking about that whole concept and, and how we are created. And you can take a two-year-old kid, or three or four, and I mean, you don't have to do nothing. Just, just put some music on and watch them. Huh? They're, they're not inhibited. They're not trying to make sure that somebody, you know, isn't seeing them do something that would be whatever. No, dude, they're just having a big time. And my, my granddaughter, man, I mean, she gets after it. You know, of course, she'll watch Darlene in the video, so then she wants to mimic her, you know, and she's got her microphone, and she's just like, you know, going for it. But even without all of that, if you're just listening to the music, man, I'm telling you what, Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is what? Free, free indeed. Glory to God. So, you know, if you want to be free, you can be. Now, you may have to change some thinking, you know, in, in your expression. But more importantly than anything else um, is letting him out. I don't, I don't really know. I wish there was a way that I could somehow um, communicate that. But, you know, people are just very often they're stopped up 
by what it is I described in terms of their being so sophisticated and distinguished and all that, you know, that side of it. There's the other aspects of people's lives. This has nothing to do with my message. But anyway, there's another aspect of people's lives, you know, where, you know, the weight and the weariness of the world is just all over them, you know. And, and that, too, can be detrimental to that expression, And so the Bible says to put on, everybody say put on, put on on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You gals, I mean, you know, if you're anything like my wife, I mean, you'll go in the closet and you'll put on like three different kinds of clothes and decide none of them are the right thing and go looking for something else. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Is my wife the only one that does that? No, no, she'll come out, you know, and... You know, look it all over and go, nah, that ain't going to work, you know. And then she comes out, she's got her shoes on, nah, 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 you know, whatever. You do that, Mary? Occasionally, okay. Well, you know, everybody wants to, you know, make sure that they got the right apparel on for whatever the gig is that they're going to, you know. And people like to feel good about themselves and all of those different kinds of things, which is proper and right and good and, and all of that. Well, praise God, you know, when you have opportunities where you want to be down the mouth and you want to, you know, uh, you know, you're tempted to just be discouraged and whatever, put on the garment of praise. Go in your spiritual closet, man, start looking at the rack, find out what you got, and put that stuff on, man, start to worship God and express. Everybody say express. 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 You know, God, God does not want you, you know, to be oppressed. Are you with me? Now, again, you know, a lot of folk, they'll come to our church and, and, you know, they think, you know, we're the wildest thing on the planet. Dude, we, we're, we're tame compared to some of them. Okay. You say, well, I just don't like that. Well, then maybe you're not where you be, need to be. So what do you mean? Well, maybe you need to be somewhere else. You say, well, you trying to get rid of me? No, I'm just saying Oh, boy, you're really, you know, whatever. Sometimes you got to sell people off. You know, in other words, you, you wouldn't like this anyway. You wouldn't like to be free in your spirit to be able to actually express yourself to God and, and have the liberty and freedom, you know, that God wants you to have. You better go somewhere else. Go to a dead church. I'm sure they'll receive you with, you know, outstretched arms. You say, are you serious? No. Change, man. Get yourself together. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Eh? Yeah. You say, well, that's what I want you to do, Pastor. Dude, I got my clothes on. You get your clothes on. Huh? People all the time, they're going, well, you know, if this pastor, if he ain't got it, he ain't got it, you know. And then... (laughs) Then you get these really spiritual people, and they think they're more spiritual than the pastor. I got news for you. Most people aren't near as spiritual as they think they are. Say, wow, you're, you're, you're getting out there. I'm just telling you. Amen. I've been at this for over 40 years, and I've seen a lot of stuff. And I'm trying to figure this all out. I think, God, you know, you're dealing with all of us. I just, I just got a few. Huh? Doesn't shake him up, though. So I guess I'm not going to let it shake me up. Amen? Praise God. 
Well, anyway, I encourage you, I exhort you, I admonish you. I mean, praise God, you know, go home, put on some good music, and worship God. Amen. You know, you could do it as a husband and wife. And, and if one suggests it, don't you dare be the grump. Well, I don't do that. Well, then get in the trunk, because I do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Worship God. Yeah, it'll bless you. Did you all bring your Bibles with you? Is it hot in here? No. Most, that was mostly women. Okay. All right, well, it must be all right. Okay. You know what? Let's do this. Open your Bibles to the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter um, 13. John chapter 13. Y'all glad you came today? We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Hallelujah. It's going to be great. Let's ask the Lord for some, some utterance in Him and... Uh, Whatever it is that he wants to do within our lives, let's let that happen. Praise God. John chapter 13, I want to, um, I just want to take one verse of Scripture, share this with you, and then, uh, and then uh, I'll share some things with you. Father, we love you today. And as we come together, Father, I want to thank you for the liberty that you've given us in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you, Father, for your peace. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God, no matter what it is that's going on in the world, thank God we can have peace in you, knowing that your promises are true and that you watch over your word to perform it. So, Father, for these few moments that we have together today, I want to thank you for your grace in our lives, in my life, and for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Father, help me to say the things you'd have me to say. May there be a receptive heart and mind and ears to hear what it is, Father, that you are saying to the church today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Notice this. Jesus made a statement in John chapter 13, verse 15. He said, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now, do any of you know what the context of this verse is? It's when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. So again, as we read, he said, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. You know, this morning, again, I want to talk to you about sowing the right kind of seed. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, but I like the right kind of harvest. Amen? And everything produces after its own kind. You know, we used the scripture before that, you know, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be a seed time and there's going to be a harvest. And um, so um, I like to make sure, praise God, that, that I am functioning with this incredibly powerful principle of sowing the right kind of seed. Because it is an eternal law. It's, it's an inevitable law that whatever it is that people sow, that is what they reap. Hallelujah. And so just as there are principles and practices or laws that cause, you know, this, this natural world to function, we talked about gravity. Uh, even, you know, when you talk about people, you know, that are in business, 
I mean, they'll huddle up and they'll have all kinds of conferences and things of this nature, and they'll listen to someone because they've been successful in whatever endeavor it is that they find themselves in. They say, well, how did you do that? And what was this? And they said, well, you know, we had an inventory problem. We had too much inventory, and then we couldn't get it out the door. You know, and so they talk about these different things where they adjust and they change and they they, you know, and a lot of times people were contacting us and we had Joe Blow in the back room and he was eating bonbons instead of paying attention. And so we got rid of him and automated everything. And so now, as soon as they, as soon as they call, man, we got them. You know what I'm saying? So there's things like that in business that naturally make uh, for a success, you know, in whatever it is that they're doing. The same thing is true spiritually, if people don't apply spiritual law to their lives, and they decide, well, you know, I'm going to do it my way. Well, you know, Frank Sinatra said that, you know, it didn't work out so well. You know what I'm saying? Some of you don't. I did it my way. Remember that? No, some of you don't. Okay, that's all right. Got to get older. Hallelujah. But, but again, just as there are practices, there are principles, and there are laws that function in the natural realm, the same thing's true spiritually. And if you violate the law, then you're going to get a, 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 a particular consequence or result. You know, that the Bible says that sin, for example, has pleasure for a season. For a what? Season. Yeah, for a season. And then comes the consequence, the destruction you know, the, the hurt, the pain, the, everything that's associated uh, with disobedience to God. And I made this statement, and I'll, uh, I'll share it with you again here as soon as I find it, because i got a lot of stuff going on here today. Just as there are physical laws that govern the physical universe, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon reveals laws of living. Everybody say laws of living. Yeah, laws of living that invisibly govern every person's life. You know, I make it a habit to try to read one chapter of the book of Proverbs every day. There's 31 of them. Works perfect, you know. And so, and there's such wisdom in what it is that, I mean, he was the smartest, wisest guy on the planet, and he wrote this book. So maybe we ought to get our beady little eyes on what it is that he said and do what we can do, praise God, to implement those things within our lives. You know, for example, the Bible says you know, that as a, uh, a bird by flying, a sparrow by wandering, so the curse causeless shall not come. How many of you have ever read that verse? How many of you have never read that verse? How many of you don't even know it's in there? Well, read the King James Bible and you'll find it. Hallelujah. You know, as a bird by flying, a swallow by wandering, so the curse without cause shall not come. Now, I think our uh, barn swallows have left for the season. I don't see them around anymore, but man, dude, they're swooping around and doing, I know they've left because the mosquito population has come up, you know. Thank God for those little outfits. Between them and bats, it's awesome. You say, I hate bats. Bring them to my house because they'll kill all them. They'll eat them, man. They're good. They're flying around, man. You know, gone, baby. It's awesome. But you know, uh, the thing about these barn swallows, back to them, you know, I mean, they try to get up under our, they don't try, they get up underneath our deck, they build their, you know, high rise, you know, things and all of that. I mean, it's just kind of the price you got to pay. But, you know, they're swooping around this and that and the other and, and uh, they're, you know, a lot of times they're looking for places to land. 
So in that verse of Scripture, it just simply says that as birds try to find a place to land, so the curse without cause shall not come. Thank God I'm redeemed from the curse. But I don't play into the hand of the devil to open the door to the curse. You with me? So it cannot come without cause. With me? So I don't dress somebody down and get mad at them, you know, and get in a huff and all of a sudden I'm all knotted up and bent out of shape and whatever and, and I'm not dealing with the, the way in which God would have me to live before people. What kind of a testimony is that? Okay, well, let's go over here. You know, you can't win behaving like the world. You with me? That's simple enough. Now, it does take some character to resist the temptation to act like the world. But guess what? You can do that. Why? Because there's this wellspring of life on the inside of you that enables and empowers you to be able to live a life that is pleasing to Him. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about, is to do what it is He asked us to do. And with that comes a reward on our part. Come on now. I'm starting to get to ready to preach. You know, some of you, you need a jump start, baby. Defibrillators, bam, baby. Yeah, you really do. Somebody, somebody needs to put the charge to you. Dear God, get out the dynamite. Come on. <laughs> People go home, they go, well, how was church? Yeah, he's pretty excited today, rather animated. Said some things I didn't like, you know, but, but it's all right. You know. Dude, I'm not up here preaching for you. I'm up here preaching for him. Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. At the end of the day, baby, I'm going to go find some fried chicken and I'm going to be a happy camper. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So, you know, praise God. It's like, it's like the late John Osteen said. He said, man, if I'm rubbing the cat the wrong way, let the cat turn around. You ever rub a cat the wrong way? They don't like that. My wife yesterday, you know, I just love my wife. She's awesome. You say, where is she? None of your business. She's awesome. And there used to be a cartoon. You don't, have, you don't get good cartoons now anymore. But you remember that big dog and he found that kitty and he wanted to bring it home? And so he brought it home, you know, and this cat would get on his back and he would, you know, the, do, the dog didn't like it at first, but this cat would, pick, you know, reach down in there and pull it up like that, you know, you know, and all this. And then it would, you know, rub up against him, and boy, he just fell in love with that. Well, he went home to his, the, the, you know, woman of the house, and he says, and I will love him, and I will this, and I will that, you know, whatever. And she says, well, all right, but you're going to have to take care of him. Oh, I just love him, you know, and all this and that, and that. Well, guess what? Cat started doing stuff that the dog didn't like. Now, all of a sudden, his tune has changed. You say, where are you going with this? I'm not quite sure right now. <clears throat> uh, it's all good. Leave me alone, man. I'm going back in my memory, you know. It's childhood stuff. It's just great, you know. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is, is that, you know, before you think you want something, you better make sure that you really want it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's another side to it. Huh? 
All right, good enough. I lost my whole train of thought. Hey, just as there are physical laws that govern the physical universe, Solomon uh, reveals laws of living that invisibly govern every aspect of our life. And listen to this. It doesn't matter how you feel about them, these laws. You can say, well, I don't like that. Well, it doesn't matter what you like or feel. So it doesn't matter how you feel about them or whether you love them or hate them, whether you choose to ignore them or not. They still exist, and they will, did you hear me, govern your life. Are you with me? You know, it's like, uh, it's like parenting, you know, and kids. And the parents have been through all of this, and the kids have not. So they are without knowledge. We could say they're ignorant, not in a, a demeaning kind of way, but they just don't know. So they have their peers and everybody, you know, is trying to impress everyone and we all want to be accepted. And this happens to be the way that people think. And so we're going to think that way too, because after all, that's what we want. So the parent says, well, no, we're not going to do that. You say, well, why not? And says, because that can have an adverse effect on your life. It can have an appropriate or an inappropriate uh, uh, kind of uh, impact on your life. So we're not going to do that. Well, you know, everybody's doing it, mom. Everybody's doing it, Dad. You know, it's, it's just because everyone does something doesn't make it right. Huh? So when I say that there are certain laws that exist, like for example, you know, I'm still talking about this in this context, but the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? You don't know what it means? For this is right. Okay, Ephesians 6 and 1, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's, it's proper, it's right. The Bible says that children should obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, so then it goes on to say, and now I'm, I'm having a, a, a lapse. I know you never have those, but, you know, give me a break. Honor your father and mother. There's so much disrespect where kids are concerned these days. Dude, listen, if you're a parent, don't let that happen. I'm telling you, if your kids are being disrespectful, I'm not saying that you need to, you know, turn into, uh, who's that green monster guy? Huh? Not Oscar, that's good, but somebody else, the Hulk. You know, I'm not saying that you should do that, but dude, do not let your kids disrespect you. It's wrong. Because if you let them do it, they'll keep doing it. And then they won't listen to you at all. But honor your father and mother, listen, which is the first commandment. And it goes on then to say with promise, and here's the promise, that it may be well. Anybody want to have good success? Well, I tell you what then, praise God, you better start doing what it is that the Bible says. That it may be well with you and that you might live long on the earth. I didn't get, I didn't, uh, I wasn't raised born again. I, I was raised uh, without God. And, you know, just lived like everybody else and was on the, on the, the, the bad side of behavior. Okay? Now I know you couldn't imagine me be like that right now. But I was. I was thinking about some of my classmates 
mostly girls. And we were always trying to, you know, get them to compromise and get them to conform and get them. And man, I, I tell you what, now here 45, 50, I don't know, however long it's been, I really admired the fact, praise God, they just stood their ground and didn't listen to us, and they got good grades, and they did all the right things. Well, we didn't do that, okay? Party on, man. Live right now. This is all you got. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? That's some of the dumbest stuff. But yet, a, a mar large majority uh, of the kids that I was growing up with, that's what they did. Well, you know what? A lot of my friends are dead. You say, yeah, but dude, you're old. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just middle-aged. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm saying that a lot of them died prematurely. 47, you know, 57, you know, all of these different kinds of age. They're gone. And I mean, I can, I can, I can list some of my very best friends, people that I hang out with, hung out with, they're gone. They didn't live out the full length of their days. You say, well, what are you bringing us all up? Children, obey your parents. Honor your mom and dad. This is a promise that it may be well with you and you will what? Live long on the earth. Yeah. And the only thing that saved me was Jesus. I'd have been one of them. It frightens me. I don't even, I stop in my mind. I don't even go there to think about it because it, it just freaks me out about where I would be if it weren't for Jesus. And all of you that are hanging on the fence and jacking around and not, you know, really being all in with Christ and giving Him your heart, giving Him your life, giving Him your soul, you're, you're, you're being foolish. Amen. Jesus is the answer to your problems, to your life, to your messed upness and everything else that you got going on in your world that you think is so right. You need to know that. You need to understand that. You need to surrender. Stop listening to whatever it is that you, you know, got brought up with about God and all of these things. Man, dude, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the King of kings. And He is coming for a righteous church. And you better ask yourself, are you in that group? And if you don't know, you better find out. You say, well, that's pretty strong. Dude, listen, uh, we, I mean, you can pussyfoot around all you want. You can tell people what they think they want to hear. You can give them platitudes like, oh, you're okay or whatever. Dude, if your heart's not right with God, you're not okay. Say, well, that's going to scare people. I hope so. Because I'd rather see them in heaven than to see them in hell. Because I didn't tell them the truth. Huh? And, and that's the thing, you know, so often, it's like I said, man, dude, we need some dynamite. Where some people, you know, I mean, to wake them up out of the stupor that they're in. Okay, that was free. Everything produces after its own kind. You know that, don't you? Turn with me to Galatians again. Galatians chapter uh, 6 or uh, 5. 5. Galatians chapter 5. Y'all glad you came? Yes. You know this, but we're going to read it here in just a moment. 
everything produces after its own kind, and the seed has to be planted. And it takes time for you to receive a harvest. Back in early September, we planted grass seed out here. Why? We, we believed that if you'd put grass seed in the ground and that you would cover it up and you would water it, it would grow. Now, when we first got it done, all there was was dirt. And, you know, we could see a few of the seeds, but most of them were down in the ground, you know, or whatever. We ain't got no harvest. We just got the hope that if we do this, we'll get it. Well, right now, we got green grass 40-some days later. Are you with me? The same thing's true in our, li- our spiritual lives and how it is that we treat one another and different things of that nature that brings about a result. Look with me here in Galatians chapter 5 and notice, um, did I say 5? Yes. 6. Sorry. We'll go back to 5 here in a moment. Notice what it says, Galatians chapter 6, verse, uh, start with verse 6. Let him, let him that is taught in the word uh, communicate, King James used the word communicate, some of your Bible translations share uh, or, or contribute. Uh, let him that is taught in the word contribute to him that teaches in all good things. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, now listen to this. For whatsoever a man soweth, what's the next word? That. That. Underline the word. That shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit uh, reap everlasting life. So let us not be weary in well-doing. Now notice, for in due season, we shall what? Reap if we what? Don't faint. So as we have opportunity, let's do good unto all men, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Praise God. Now, notice with me, if you will, in this ninth verse, at the very end there, it says, If we faint not, let us not be weary in well-doing, for we will reap... If we don't faint. Now, let me ask you a question. Any of you ever been weary and well-doing? Yeah. Huh? You know, when the Bible talks about forbearing one another in love, that means simply just to put up with somebody because they're a knothead. You know what I'm saying? But have any of you ever got weary in doing that? Well, the Bible says, and let us not be weary in well-doing because we will what? Reap, come on now, if we don't what? Faint. In other words, we said, you know, that's it. I've had it. I'm done. I'm, you know, whatever. Well, when that happened, what that means is we've just fainted. Huh? Let's think about this well-doing thing for a minute. You know, what's that mean? Well, it means to do good. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. You say, I don't want to do God. Okay, well, just keep that to yourself and keep doing good. To keep doing good. Acting for another's benefit. That's sacrificial, isn't it? Hey, what about me? You're not in the equation. We're talking about them. So again, it says to act for another's benefit. To do well. To do excellently. To act honorably. 
In other words, to keep doing the right thing, huh? Even when you don't want to. And that requires character. Huh? You're going to love them anyway. Boy, people are so enthused by my message this morning. I can just tell there's just this, I mean, the vibe is unbelievable in terms of people's acceptance and excitement about what I'm saying. But listen, if you want to win in life, baby, what I just got done telling you is going to put you over and get you on the top side and not the bottom. It's, ta- it's about taking the high road. There's less traffic up there. You can go faster. But you've got to be willing to do it. Amen. What we sow determines the harvest that we're going to reap. Now, I've got another little note here I had to write down. I think this is where this is supposed to go. The, you know, the question on what I'm talking to you about is, is you know, why do we want to do it? What drives the discipline to take the high road? Or to, if you want to call it tolerate, that's fine. I mean, however you want to divine it. But, but what drives this discipline in our lives? I'd like to suggest a couple different things. The first of which is, is God tells us how we're to behave ourselves, and with that, comes a promise of reward. Everybody say promise of reward. He said, you'll reap in due season if you don't faint. There is a promise of reward when we do what he said. Okay? You say, well, it doesn't look like it. Man, I mean, they're not responding. They're not doing I mean, I try to love them, and do they get ornery as we go. That's not your problem. You say, yeah, but it is my problem. Because they're the the fly in my ointment, man. So there is the reward of the promise. Okay? What he he promised and said he would do. And and this to me is, I, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to my loving the unlovely, this is what drives me all the time. And that is simply this. Because he first loved me. Dude, I was a mess. And I mean, like I said, he's putting up with all of us. So if I got one person or a dozen or whatever the number is that are being a little bit ornery, dude, it's a small thing. Are you with me? Now, I still got to walk that out. Huh? You know, I mean, Jesus said it's impossible that offenses aren't going to occur. You're, you're going to have an opportunity to be offended. You've got to decide what it is you're going to do about it. You can be offended if you want, but I tell you what, there's a better way. Come on now. Praise God, you can let it go. Over 45 minute, uh, years of ministry, dude, do you think I've ever had an opportunity to be offended? <laughs> there are some times when people have done or said things to my wife, dude, I wanted to get carnal. Yes, Tommy, Carnal. Because, you know, the thing about it is, I got pretty thick skin, but she doesn't, not necessarily. And when people start talking ugly, man, I'm telling you what, dude, the lion of the tribe of Judah, I think he leaves, but I mean, I'm ready to, you know, yeah, I don't like that. But I still have to behave the same way, whether I like it or not. Am I in the right house? You know, and so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to make a decision. 
See, loving people is a decision. It's not a feeling. You got to be careful about the whole feeling thing. I, I would suggest to you that you use the word feeling advisedly. Are you with me? It's just the way it is. You know, the thing about it is, is in your life, when Jesus gives you life and life more abundant, the further that you, the further that you rise, the less options you have to misbehave. Are you with me? In other words, there's responsibilities, you know, you know as, as things grow and as you're blessed in, in the things of God, you have less options to behave badly. Because, does that make sense to you? You know, um, um, I don't know any other way to say that. That's just, that's the way it is. And so you have to just say, no, 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 we're, we're not going to do that. You know, there's probably been multitudes of opportunities and times, you know, when the devil's tried to destroy our church. But I've just said, no, I ain't going to buy into that. I'm not stepping into that trap. Praise God. We're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep driving the bus. We're going to do what Jesus said. You know, though none go, uh, my son and I, uh, Pastor Brian, we're talking about a church um, um, here in the U.S. that uh, uh, somebody got into the church. And sometimes these things can happen and, and you don't even know it. But they start bringing people around them. And they're not... They're not pushing people toward the leadership of the church. They start gathering people around. We call them silos, okay? In other words, it's all uh, their deal. And we were talking about the fact that the leadership of the church, the pastors, the husband and wife, they weren't aware of it. And then all of a sudden, they started seeing what it was that was going on, how this person was drawing people to themselves and not to the pastors, okay? And, and all of a sudden, this, and a thousand people left that church. That's a sad day, my friends. Are you listening to me? Now, they've recovered. This is a long time ago and whatever. But I tell you what, it's painful to see something like that happen. It was a staff member on staff, and they drew people to themselves and then took a thousand people from the church and went off to do whatever. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad I don't have to stand before Jesus for that mess. Are you with me? They say, well, you know the Lord. Listen, listen, be careful. Well, the Spirit of God. Don't even tell me that. Huh? Because God is not dividing churches. And how in the world I got off on this, God only knows. Are you with me? If there are people that you're listening to that are subverting the leadership that's within the church, you need to stop listening to them or rebuke them sharply and say, dude, go somewhere else with that. Are you with me? And I'm not saying that for me. I don't really care, dude. I'm going over. Okay? I'm going to keep preaching the word. I'm going to keep doing what it is that Jesus, you know, asked me to do. I'm going to have good success because he said, if you obey me, man, I'll make it happen. So I don't really, it, I'm not saying it for my sake. I'm saying it for yours. And here's the thing that happens about that. This is, you know, another little side journey thing. You know, whenever you have all these splits, you know, and they go off and they do their thing, dude, God is not in that. That's all I'm saying. 
And some of you have probably come out of those messes before. Are you with me? So listen. Don't have any... Do- I, I just... Well, word of caution. Praise the Lord. It's kind of like the old saying, if you don't have anything good to say, what? Don't say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. Amen. Praise God. Okay, where were we? Um, <laughs> we're talking about sowing and reaping, boys and girls. Y'all glad you came? Guess what? It's almost 11 o'clock, so, you know, you're going to, I'm going to loose you and let you go here in just a little bit. But praise God. So, oh, I know what we're talking about. What drives the discipline to sow the right kinds of seeds in difficult circumstances? The promise of the reward, number one. Number two, I want to please my heavenly Father. He asked me to do it. Remember that scripture in our text? He said, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. We'll look at that here in just a moment. And then uh, <clears throat> I think the other thing that, that helps me in this of, you know, dealing or loving people, you know, when they're, you know, just let's just believe the best in them. They're having a difficult day. And that is, is that... Uh, um, I think having the right kind of character as a person, as an individual. In other words, when I walk away from it, I can say, I did the right thing. I don't know about you, but for me, I think that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to stroke myself in that. I'm just saying that if I do the right thing, then I know that I've pleased my heavenly Father. I've done the right thing, man. And not only that, there's a promise or a reward from a promise that God gave to me. And I'm telling you what, it's on the horizon coming my way, just like that grass that's growing down there in that ditch. Huh? But if I sow the wrong kind of seed, oops, then I got something else going on. We got to go quickly because we're running out of time. The pastor just told us that it's five minutes to 11 o'clock. Look with me in chapter five, back up here a little bit. Notice this. Uh, Well, no, look at uh, verse eight in chapter six, because this is all one continuous thought here. Paul says in verse eight of the sixth chapter, for he that sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap what? Corruption. He that sows to his spirit shall of the spirit reap what? Everlasting life. So now let's look at this, he that sows to the flesh. Drop back into chapter 5 and verse 19. Paul tells us the works of the flesh. And I'm going to read it out of the uh, New Living Translation because uh, the King James gets, I don't know, there's words here you wouldn't even be able to understand. Anyway, notice what it says. When you follow, this is... uh, um, This is uh, chapter 5, verse 19. It says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Okay? When you follow sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, huh? You know, it's interesting, but the first three or four in these verses is sexual sins. And we are in a sex-crazed society right now. Huh? But it's nothing more than flesh. All right, let's go on reading. Verse 20. Idolatry, sorcery, or witchcraft, which is basically control of other people. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, uh, selfish ambition, 
dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not. Everybody say not. No. You know, you say, well, I don't have wild parties. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, sexually immoral or anything like that. Well, did, did you see it in the list about the whole anger thing and the quarreling thing and, the, you know, all of that? That's in there, too. So, you know, these things apply. In, in, and so you say, well, I just can't help myself. <clears throat> you don't want to. Now, I know it may be hard if you've given yourself over to certain things, you know. I mean, it can be a stronghold in your life, but I'm telling you what, praise God, the power of God, the name of Jesus, and His power in you is able to break that hold in your life if you really want to. Are you listening to me? Woo! Hallelujah! I'm telling you what, let's stick some dynamite under that person and light the fuse. Hallelujah! You know, when the Bible says, I can do all things... Through Christ who strengthens me, you can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Hmm. You know, when I got saved, I got delivered from drugs and alcohol and all this stuff, man. But I, I smoked like a chimney. I'm a 19-year-old kid, you know. And I'm trying to get free. See, we all have our battles. You know, I don't know what your deal is, but I'm telling you what, the power of God will set you free. So I just began to get in the Word of God, let the Word get in me, and pretty soon I began to esteem the Word of God more highly than I did those things. And, three, and all of a sudden, in three weeks, I realized, man, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I haven't had a cigarette. No, you're starting now. I got set free. Huh? Yep. The same thing's true with you. Whatever the area is, man, dude, you do not have to succumb. You do not have to play into the hand of the enemy in whatever way it is that he's trying to get you to go to. You just have to say, no, no, I see this, I'm out. You can do that. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of you. Well, I don't feel like it. We're not talking about your feelings. Huh? It's not about the way you feel. It's about a decision as to who you are, the promise of reward, and the fact that he loved you in order so you could be set free. Let's honor him. Let's do what we got to do. Let's endure. Let's despise the shame. Think about Jesus. Look at, you know, I mean, man, this guy was an example who for the joy that was set before, do you think he wanted to go to the cross? Do you think he wanted to be humiliated by a bunch of stinking sinners? But he let them do it so that you and I could be free. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to pick it up or to lay it down. That's power. And he was willing for you. He didn't do it for anybody else. He did it for you. And that's why I say, dude, and you know people that are, uh, I don't have time to get into this, but man, we owe him our lives. You owe him your life. Well, you know, I just want to do what I want to do. 
Well, go for it. But there's a better way. Are you listening to me? And as we draw to a close, um, we better get the other side of this. Uh, Look with me in Galatians chapter 5 and verse uh, uh, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit, of your recreated human spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith or faithfulness, meekness, self-control or temperance. Against these there is no law. And they that are Christ's, how many people do we have here that are Christ's? Have crucified, listen, yep, the flesh with its affections and its lusts. And then he goes on to say, listen, if you're born of the Spirit of God, if you live in the Spirit, then walk also in the Spirit. Everybody say, I can do that. So, you know, we got everything we need, don't we? So we're going to put the devil on the run. We're saying no more of this. We're not having this. There aren't going to be any more arguments. There's not going to be any more strife. Not as far as I'm concerned. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody else don't want to pick a fight and do whatever it is they want to do, but that's not you, my friend. I said, that's not you. I said, that's not you. I said, you say, passez-vous. Huh? You just say, go away, because I'm not going there. Are you listening to me? Why? Because there's too much at stake. You are not afforded the luxury to play into the hand of the devil. Are you with me? And you don't want to. To close or conclude, let's go back to our text in John chapter 13. Jesus made this statement again in 15. He said, I've given you an example that you should do as I've done unto you. The next time somebody offends you or says something, you know, sideways or whatever, think about this. The Bible says that when they had ended their supper, Jesus disrobed, put a towel around him, and he got a basin of water, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, I don't know what that must have been like, but I would guarantee you more than likely it was pretty uncomfortable for everybody that was there. So much so that Peter said, dude, you can't do this. No, I, you, uh-uh. He said, if I don't, you're not with me. He said, well, do the whole thing then. <laughs> and Jesus said, it's just your feet that need to be washed. But I want you to think with me for a moment that he's doing, you know, number one, three, five, seven, nine. He gets to... Judas, number 11. And he knows this guy is going to betray him into the hands of sinful men. What do you think that was like? Do you think that Jesus' feelings were just all warm and fuzzy? Because he's washing the feet of the guy who is going to, for lack of a better way of saying it, kill him. So the next time that we want to get all, again, knotted up about this, that, and the other, we need to pause. Because he treated him just like all the rest of them. And then he asked the question, do do you know what it is that I've done to you? 
He said, you call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. And if I, your Master and Lord, have washed your feet, then you ought to wash one another's feet. That's what he's asked us to do. And then, as you go down in the chapter, uh, in chapter 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment. There's only one that you and I need to make sure we're, we're doing. And he says, that you love one another as I have loved you. He loved, he loved us unconditionally. It wasn't just us 12, dude. It was, it was all of us that are here today. Huh? If you'd have been one of them, he'd have washed your feet. And he asks us to do something that we are capable of doing. Not if you're going to be dictated to and led by your feelings and by your flesh. It doesn't work. But if I'm armed with what it is that I know from the Word of God that He indwells me as a believer, that He has empowered me with the ability to do it, and praise God, I can do all things through Him that strengthens me. Amen? I can love the unlovely. You know, right now, I mean, hate is being preached so hard and strong. And the thing about it is, is when this whole COVID thing came, I mean, I remember in March when this thing happened, I was walking through my living room and I said to myself, something has changed and not for the good. Something's up. And the God of this world has infused himself in people's behaviors, thinking, ideologies, and all of these different kinds of things. But you, my friend are living on a different level, and you have a different Lord. Huh? Are you with me? We were at breakfast here the other morning, and I, I asked a simple question, you know, because they were talking about, you know, all these things that are going on, technological things that are going to change, you know, and how, you know, um, artificial intelligence and all these things and, and this stuff that's going to make everybody do whatever it is that they want them to do through these vaccinations. And, you know, I mean, dude, you hear all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, we're talking about all of this. And, um, and then I'm thinking about this pastor up there that they hauled off to, to jail. Well, you know what? That's what I do. I'm a pastor. And he just said, he said, I came from Poland as a child, and this is exactly what they did then. And he said, I'm telling you that if they did it to me, they're coming after you. Yep. So you got to think about those things for a little a bit, don't you? Yep. And you have to decide who it is that you're going to serve, don't you? So pray for the man. Because I'm telling you what, he is being absolutely violated in everything. For them to do and treat him the way that they have is absolutely horrible. And it is demonic. Are you with me? But they don't care. You know? So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could be next. Ted? But then I asked myself the question, think about Stephen when he was preaching to all them people. And I mean, man, dude, they wanted him bad. So much so they actually ended up killing him. But let me ask you a question. Did Stephen win? Or did Stephen lose? He won. But he died. He was killed. He was murdered. He was martyred for the name of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus. And most people, they don't think about winning in that context. But I'm telling you what, he won. 
When you can say, while you're dying and being stoned, Father, forgive them because they don't know what to do. You talk about a person of character and integrity and honor. That guy's the guy. Are you with me? So why am I telling you this? Listen, you guys. God, I mean, he wants us to, to live bigger. Are you with me? Stop, stop fussing about your little petty whatever, whatevers that are going on, dude. You got it good. Do what you can to be a blessing to the world that is around you. We don't need to complain. I said, we don't need to complain. You say, yeah, but you don't know how I have it. I probably don't. But I know how he had it. And I know what he did. And praise God, whatever it is that comes my way, I'm going to endeavor to do what he did. Because why? Because that's the way you win. And we all want to win. Can you say amen? amen? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads together. Father, today as we come to the close of this service, I just I thank you, Lord, for your help. In no way, Father, was there any endeavor in my heart to try to offend anyone, Father, but to speak the truth in love. And so, God, my heart and my desire and my prayer is, is that we'll receive what it is that was spoken, understand the spirit in which it was communicated. And, Father, respond to you in whatever ways that are necessary where our lives are concerned. Help us, Father. We're living in these last days. Jesus is coming again. He's coming for a victorious bride. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And we're a part of it, Father God. So I thank you, Lord God, that you help us, whether it be in death or in life, that you help us, Father God, to be the people that you want us to be. Father, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice and those that are watching online. And God, I ask you by your spirit, as you probably already have, to speak to their hearts about areas within their lives where, for a lack of better way of saying it, they can do better. God, as we come to this table, we, we call communion your supper that you instituted for us. Father, may we be able to do so because we've made peace with you within our hearts. Father, if there are those that are here, they're away from you, Father God. Um, for whatever the reasons, God, may this be the day that they, they settle within their hearts that they're going to return and remain. I thank you, Lord God, for speaking to their hearts, bringing conviction where it's needed. And not only that, but re, a, a, a surrender and a repentance that causes them to turn away from the world and to you. I pray, Father, that there may be those that are here or again online that they have no relationship with you. They've never been born again. That God, today would be that day, the defining moment in their life when they surrender everything to you so that their lives can be found in you, so that they can be blessed. There's no holding back, Father God. They come without reservation. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in the name that's above every name. Thank you, Lord. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Again, um, depending on what your circumstance is, there may be a decision that you want to make. We'll include this in our prayer when we pray. But if it's you, I just want you to let your heart agree with the prayer. Let this be the day, the defining moment, where whatever it is that has been causing the problem in your life is put under your feet in Jesus' name. 
If you're here today and you've been born again, but you're away from God, this prayer is your opportunity to return and just say, God, I am all in. And, and if, you, if you let that come from your heart, praise God, he will help you and turn your situation around. If you're here today, while your head's bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, but you've never asked. I mean, get honest with yourself. Have you really ever asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life? What is it that you're hanging your hat on for salvation? Well, I'm a good person. I'm not as bad as the next. It's not about any of that. It's about a total surrender to King Jesus. You say, yeah, but I, I, I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Listen to your heart. It's just a matter of you making the decision. If that's you, whether again, you're here or online, I admonish you to make your decision to receive him today. So while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, we're all going to pray this prayer. It's all inclusive. So maybe as we pray, some parts of it may not apply to you, but others will. You just let your heart agree with the part that, that, that applies to you. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today and I see the need in my life. I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me, to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I ask you, Lord, to strengthen me by your Spirit on my insides. Thank you, Lord, for your power to live as you would have me to. And in the name of Jesus, I forgive every offense right now, today, in this house. And I thank you, Lord, for setting me free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. If you uh, really genuinely prayed the prayer, what we call the prayer of salvation to receive Christ, for the first time, I want to I want to encourage you when this service is over, or sometime within the privacy of someone that you trust, I want you to tell them that you prayed that prayer. You say, well, why is that important? Because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. There's no such thing as a silent Christian, okay? And if you made a decision to receive him, you need to let people know, declare that you're now a believer in Christ and become a follower of him. And then, praise God, the blessing of God will flow on your life, or in your life. Hallelujah.